0: My name is Walker, a.k.a. The Retail Ranger. It is my job to keep you free from food safety danger. The other is to make sure that stuff gets on the shelf. It's harder than it looks. I can't do it by myself. Welcome to... Walker, Retail Ranger. What's up, everybody? I'm Walker, Retail Ranger. This podcast is about my personal and professional experiences from working in the retail industry for 35 years. Each week, we'll have a different co host and an interview with another retail ranger. The views and opinions in this podcast are mine and not those of my employer. Now it's time for Walker, Retail Ranger. Hey Retail Rangers, it's Walker. Hey, do me a solid and support your local food pantries. Um, You'd be surprised how many folks are food insecure in your local community. I know we have several out here in my county Um, and it's quite surprising when I volunteered there and to see my neighbors, my friends, my customers in there using that just so they can get food on their table. So if you could do something to support your local food pantry, whether it's contributing to a food drive, creating one, Uh, volunteering at one, or financially helping one, that would be really cool. I've decided that any merchandise, um, profit that we make off of any of that merchandise is going to go, all the proceeds are going to go right to my local food pantry that I help support here locally. So please support your local food pantries. It's the right thing to do. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Walker Retail Ranger. It is Sunday, January 30th 2022 uh, in studio with me today is my favorite oldest daughter megan hey megan hey pops how are you
1: i'm doing great how are you doing i'm
0: doing good also with us is a very cute little kitten named morpheus <laughs> remember when we got morpheus
1: i do he was yeah. tiny
0: yeah where'd he come from the parking lot of the store i work at right so funny story um we had a cat For the about 17 years, named Neo, he was named after the character in The Matrix, and it was actually short for Neosporin because he was pretty good at scratching people. Remember that?
1: Oh yeah, and you would need some Neosporin to cover that scratch.
0: Um, Not a sponsor of the show, by the way, Neosporin. (laughs) Just FYI. Um, So he was a very typical looking tabby cat. Neo was, and he he passed away a couple years back, uh, but he was my best little buddy and this last year i was outside my store and all of a sudden i heard this little mew and sure enough this little kitten that looked just like neo showed up so i went under the car and i got him um and i named him morpheus which was another character in the matrix
1: common theme
0: common theme there people <laughs> so yeah he actually stayed in, a, in an apple box in my office uh, we fed him some water and food and stuff like that and I convinced Liz that we needed another kitten at the time. So so Morpheus is over here just sleeping very quietly. So if he makes up too much noise, it's not on us. Right, Meg? Right. <laughs> All right, Meg. So today we were going to kind of talk about secondary education, I believe. Um, you know your father here. I've been in this for 35 years. I started right out of high school, so I didn't get any formal secondary education. So I just kind of wanted to talk about how you, when you were growing up, through high school, what kind of formed your decision making to decide what you ended up doing after high school?
1: Okay, well, I ended up going to JMU. Okay, right after high school, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of felt like that was just the next step that I needed to take, based on like how society wanted things to go. In the sense of like I in high school, I was in all the honor societies and clubs to build my resume for college, okay. and so things like that. I just Kind of always felt like after high school, that's what you did next. You went to college, so that way you could get a great career job.
0: Right. So, um, you started college right after high school. You didn't take a... What do they call that when they take a break between? Um, a
1: gap year. A
0: gap year. Yeah, they, you did not do a gap year. Nope. Um. So, what was your intent to, like, career-wise when you first started college?
1: That was the hard part, really. I think it's... That's, like, an important thing because, like... I didn't know what I wanted to do at 18 years old for the rest of my life. But when I was trying to decide um, what I was going to major in in college, I thought, okay, what did I really enjoy in high school? Mm -hmm. Um, First, my first thought was photography because that was like a passion of mine. But then I kind of felt like if I went to school for photography, it's kind of defeating the purpose. I won't be able to get the career that I might need. So I had this really good um, psychology teacher in my senior year of high school. And I decided to have psychology as my major in college and started that way. Um, But then after like one semester of psychology, I realized I hated it. Um, And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was already at JMU.
0: So what was it about the psychology major that you did not like?
1: Well, the class that I took in high school was AP psychology. So it was kind of like a college level course. And then I was taking an intro psychology class in college and it was pretty much a repeat of material. Okay. And so I felt like I already kind of knew it and it wasn't sparking an interest in me, really. I was kind of bored and I couldn't really focus as much in class as I expected. Yeah. So it wasn't really what I thought.
0: Well, I know there's a lot of a lot of different schools of thought out there. Ah, school. See what I did? <laughs> Good one. So uh, one was like, I've always encouraged folks, if you're going to go to college, to try to go to two years of community college first and get those the general classes out of the way that way, number one, it's financially more prudent. Number two, it gives you a little bit more time to really decide what you might want to do. Cause I agree with you. I mean, who knows what they want to do at 18 years old. Right. I mean, we're still physically developing, mentally developing. There's so many things out there, but I always felt like there was kind of a pressure. I know when I was in high school, it was all about going to college, going to college, going to college. But I, I had no idea of what I wanted to do. <clears throat> Excuse me and i knew it was expensive and it was probably super cheap back then compared to what it is now obviously but i didn't even know anything about student loans being a possibility i you know i didn't know there was going to be financial aid i just i did not pursue that my guidance counselor's quotes or in air quotes there right. didn't really guide me um, dude lived across the street from me which was cool but <laughs> we were, we were buds more than we were uh, he was a counselor so i guess for me it, it really College was not my thing because I was either going to do auto mechanics, which that would have been a technical school, and I did find out in high school that I did not like it, um, and then obviously the retail bug got me. So right. So tell me a little bit more about your journey through college.
1: Well, that was actually another thing too that deterred me. You just remind me from psychology is that I would have to c- continue more school. Like so, if I wanted to do psychology, I would have had to go to um, graduate school afterwards and been in school for even longer if I wanted to pursue that field and. I didn't know if school was something I wanted to be in forever. Right. So I kind of, like I said, I liked photography when I was thinking about JMU at first. So I wanted to figure out, is there a way I can do something art related mm-hmm. that I can still get a good job in later? Right. So I found out um, the degree of SMAD, which is Media Arts and Design. And okay. it's basically like doing art digitally. Mm-hmm. So I could, you know, we're a digital world. In the digital age, I figured that was going to be good if I could somehow do art Right. In the technological, technological word, yep. world. World, yep. Dang, Sorry. that was tough. But, um. It's
0: all that schooling.
1: <laughs> it really gets to you. But I had a great time with that. I liked my classes. I liked my projects that I did. Um, and it was a really, I thought I was going to be um, working for a magazine or front end coding websites. Like, I really enjoyed that major. But then, like, the pr- practicality of it in the world wasn't really what I um, expected. Okay. So like when, right when I got out, I got, um, seeked out by enterprise,
0: uh, the rental car yep, to work there, yep.
1: um, which has nothing to do with media arts. So, um, I so, decided to just go there anyways.
0: Well, pause on that for a minute. When you say like, how did, how did, how did that come about? How did the enterprise thing come about?
1: Um, well, I just put my, um, resume out on indeed. Okay. And then I got a message from a recruiter that, um, they really liked my resume and what, you know, I had on there and they right. wanted me to come in for an interview. Um, so I just decided to go in for that and then it was really good pay. It seemed like good benefits. So I decided to take that job mm-hmm. and just not really worry about, um, my degree. But with that job, I had to have a degree. Um, they they attend-
0: required a degree. Yep. Okay. It did not
1: matter what it was in, but the job required a degree. So I felt good that I had gone to college. Why do
0: you think that was that they required a degree? I mean, what, what's just explain to folks what that means. I mean, what,
1: I think one big thing they put on, like an emphasis when you got there, was that we were all well college educated, we had um, good experiences, and we were kind of like well-rounded, it didn't matter what degree we had, but we had gone and gotten like the social experience, okay. and we had different backgrounds, so like they wanted me with a media de- degree, someone with a math degree, someone with a science degree, oh, okay. so that we could have um, different opinions and ideas.
0: That makes sense. All for right. the job. That's- didn't really think about that because a lot of a lot of companies will require degrees. And I guess you're always kind of stuck thinking that I have to have a business degree. But right. That's a great point that if you do have a degree in media arts, you could add value to a company's team, regardless of what your degree is.
1: Right. You might have another outlook on something that the science major didn't have. That makes sense. But one thing is interesting is that's pretty much the only job, I've had several since then, that has like required a degree. Okay. So every other one has been mainly based on your experience. All right. And work.
0: So what kind of uh, retail ranger experience do you have?
1: Well, my first job was at Food Lion. Okay. As oh. a cashier. <laughs> yeah. And I worked there on and off for about five years. Okay. Throughout college, coming back on breaks and things like that.
0: Yeah. What did you like about it?
1: The people. Okay. That's really where I found my love for people and talking to people and customer service. Like I just, it's something about seeing someone come into your line slightly upset. They might not um, be having the best day. And then I've made them smile mm-hmm. at the end of the transaction. And so that's one thing I realized I loved was talking to people and improving their day. Yeah. And as a cashier at line I talk to a lot of people.
0: Okay. It also was cool because I know it added... Um, even though it was like sporadic with holidays and stuff like that, it added a long term job to your resume, right?
1: Right. And it shows that my first job I committed to, I worked there for several years. That's true. And then, um, I also worked at Ulta, which was also retail, but in a different sense. All right. A little bit of sales with it. Um, and more like just a a specific product. We're only selling makeup. Right. Um, which was a whole different experience, but exciting because you're helping people like feel pretty. Right. Or that,
0: that's, that's my secondary job <laughs> where I work. I like to make people feel pretty.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you do a great job of it too.
0: Thanks kid. <laughs> All right. So after Ulta.
1: Mm, I did work in a restaurant for a little bit. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if that counts.
0: Well, I mean, it's no, it doesn't count.
1: No, that's I was right. also in the back in the kitchen. So yeah.
0: So yeah, let's skip past less that. Less customer service. Although there's the food safety side of it. So I guess it can kind account- of, or. Can kind of,
1: <laughs> kind of kind of works. Yeah. Um, but a lot of my jobs after that turned into like, like my current job right now is a customer service role. So I'm out of retail, but I only am so good at my cu- customer service role because of the customer service. I learned that working experience. at food okay, yeah, that makes for so sense. long yep. and so, like how to talk to people.
0: So that would have been a lot cheaper.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Um, way to get there, but it is what it is. I mean, I, I think yeah, as a father, you want your child to go off into the world and learn new social skills and interact and be independent and all that. So, I mean, I think your college experience was great from that perspective. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, college is not for everyone. And and I do feel like that there is a, an inherent push to get kids into school right out of right out of high school or get them into college right out of high school. And I don't think a lot of folks are ready for that yet. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your mom went back, not too long ago, and started taking some classes online and bettering herself. Right. Now she's been doing her gig forever. She's great at it. She's right at the top of her career, right?
1: Right, at the top.
0: And now she goes to college and gets what she needs to make her even better, not like basic math and grammar and stuff like that. So, right,
1: now she knows what she wants, so right. she can specify it.
0: Yeah, and I would feel comfortable if I were to go take online courses in business management. I'd probably have an easier time understanding it because I've I've got the experience of real life. I know what a profit and loss statement is. I know how to read it. I know about earnings before interest and taxes and all that stuff, EBITDA, (laughs) or whatever the the acronym is. But um, I am glad I didn't go to college. I mean, here I am 35 years later, resting comfortably, feeling good. Um, It would have been fun to be part of the the social interaction because I think... I don't know. I think it's a little bit different generationally, too, because I know when your mother and I were married, we were both working out of high school, and we got an apartment right away. But stuff was a whole lot cheaper Mm -hmm. back then. The cost of living was. So I understand it's tough nowadays, and there's a drive for your generation to get that college education. So you walk out of college, boom, you're making six figures. And unfortunately, I don't think that's a big reality out there. And What do you think? And What about your friends that went to college? Are they...
1: I don't think you get like, like six figures just because you have a degree. Like you do expect, I expected to come out and have a degree and I'm going to get paid so much more, but I have had to fight for what I feel like I deserve hourly, like getting paid at each job because um, of my experience and things like that. It's just, you really just have to kind of work your way up in a yeah. company to get the pay that you want. So um, I definitely don't regret like going to college or anything, but I kind of wish I did like a... To your community first me because these loans are expensive and I'm not getting I'm not making what I would have expected to be and able to pay those loans back so it's kind of like I have a lot of debt I'm trying to like work my way up in a career and pay that Um, but I don't think I think someone that didn't go to college and work their way up could be making more than me yeah my degree doesn't instantly give me um, as much of a head start as I expected it to
0: well and to be fair at your age what you're making now, I wasn't making. I mean, I'm sure there's a scale with what the minimum wage was. Right, I mean, it was four and a quarter when I was a kid. That was a minimum wage, and I know it's it's increased. Actually, I think the federal one's still seven and a quarter, Dang. but but states all have different ones now. Excuse me, um, but I still feel like you're doing better hourly than I was when I was your age, right, right. out of high school. But, obviously, I stayed with the company that I worked for for nine years. Just kept building, 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 building. Um, and I guess that's one one topic, just to kind of throw out there, about minimum wage. There seems to be a lot of discussion out there that it should be high, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my personal feeling is that it is a, it's designed for an entry-level job. And I know this is somewhat controversial. <laughs> but I started off at minimum wage. And I wanted to make more money. I took on more responsibilities, which in turn bettered me and better prepared me for the future. You know, if you go up the step from part time to full time, then you're an assistant manager, then you're a department manager, then, you know, you move up into store management, your financial well being increases each time you do that right. because you have earned those experiences and skills to be able to be more of a benefit to the company. So I'm not a, a proponent of paying somebody fifteen bucks an hour to bag groceries if you know, I mean, that's not an expected that's not a career,
1: especially when there's people at that company that have been working their way up for years. So then if they turn around and see someone come in just like a month ago and they get the same starting pay that that person has worked yeah. their way up to, that's a little upsetting because well, you have to work your way
0: up. I agree. But a lot of companies will do adjustments to folks that have been there for a long, longer uh-huh. term, but it still stings. I mean, seriously, if you're walking off the street, 15 bucks an hour to be a bagger. You know, and you got somebody that's working in the grocery department for five years, and they're right at fifteen too. It's like, right. ah, you know, that's right. I don't know. That's why I really don't think, in my opinion, that the government should be involved with stuff like that. I think it needs to be up to individual companies. I mean, if you want to attract better talent, then you know what, you're going to pay more.
1: Right. I mean, that's exactly. that's
0: kind of how the society works. It's not all for one, one for all on that. But that's what was kind of cool. Um, going back to kind of what your what do you see? A lot of your friends that went to high school?
1: Um, a lot of them went to college. Okay. And then, um, like I had a friend who, um, went to college for nursing Mm -hmm. and now she's working in a hospital. And so she wouldn't have been able to do that without going to college. Um, I actually work with a friend Mm -hmm. at my current job and she did go, um, and get a degree and a master. So she continued even more school. Um, and she makes significantly more than me. At this job,
0: at the current job,
1: yeah, we what? have different roles, of course. But right. I'm just saying, like, has she been there longer? Only a couple months. Okay, so it's more so I've I have seen other experiences where they have um, gotten paid more. I also have some friends that I went to college with that are just like serving at a restaurant right right now. So it's kind of like a range. Um,
0: Do you think that's more by their choice or do you think the market's just tough out there?
1: I think the market is tough, especially with everything going on. Um, Granted, I know people are hiring and everything, but there's also a lot of more stipulations and it can be hard for some specific fields. Um, Like I know a person that went to college for like a behavioral health and she kind of struggled finding um, a job.
0: Especially now in in this environment where there's a lot of work from home or there's restrictions on whatever your status is to what you can do. And right. So I, I can totally see that that, that. that is kind of a crappy time to graduate with with certain degrees like that.
1: I know. I, I graduated in um, 2018. Yeah. And so a lot of my friends, we kind of got in right at the right time yeah. to like getting started. But I can't imagine the people that just graduated college in the middle of a pandemic and well, how hard it is. Well,
0: it's funny. I was actually surfing the interweb this morning, and I saw there was an article about um, – working from home and how it can be bad for your back.
1: Hmm.
0: So I guess in my job, obviously I can't work from home. No. Um, But FYI, after 35 years, I have a bad back. (laughs) But at least uh, the article actually said, you know, it's people that are sitting there sedentary all the time. If you're working from home and you're in front of a computer, that's obviously not healthy for your physical being. You know, there's weight gain. Your muscles are not getting the workout that they are. And I guess that's one thing I tout about the, uh, the retail experience. You are going from start to finish. You are, you are just flying around. And it's funny. I always joke that it doesn't hurt. My body doesn't hurt until I stop moving. And it's horrible when I'm sitting on the recliner and for like 15, 20 minutes at the house here, maybe having a cold brew or two. (laughs) And then I get up and I can barely move. But once I get moving, I'm fine. Right. Um, even sitting here right now, we've only been sitting down for about 20 minutes. My back is starting to stiffen. So that's just one plug for the retail industry. It can be healthy for you. That's physically.
1: actually, that's one thing I miss about the retail industry. I'm working in an office. Right. And I miss the hustle and bustle. I felt healthier. I felt always active. I had more energy. And now I'm just kind of like, I have to make sure I stand up and walk around. And I kind of miss the hustle and bustle. Yeah. Of retail.
0: Yeah, it does definitely make the day go by fast. Usually, the, the faster it goes, it's because you have a bigger list.
1: <laughs> More big, to do.
0: Yeah, the bigger the list, the faster the day flies from you. And that can be good and bad. So, I wonder, while I was on the web, I did find an interesting article that even I, the 35-year experience in the business, I learned something today, and I just wanted to share that with you because I don't want you to wait till you're my age to hear this. I'm excited. Well, don't get too excited. Uh, So apparently... (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. uh, Sticks of butter are long and skinny on the East Coast, but they're short and fat on the West Coast. Did you know that, Meg?
1: Wow. I had no idea.
0: Uh, Yeah. um, Apparently, it's a thing. And back in the 60s, the West Coast was kind of lagging behind in terms of milk production. Um, so they couldn't make the byproducts very quickly. The East Coast had it going on. We were rocking.
1: Go East Coast.
0: Right. So apparently that's what caused them to have a different packaging and, and making style of it. And they kind of just stuck and stayed there. But from what I read, Lando Lakes Butter actually makes a West Coast Butter and an East Coast Butter.
1: So yeah. to this day, they're still different. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's still, it. there's different butter. So, I, I haven't been to the West Coast, but I'm telling you, it's it's a goal of mine now. I, I want to see the different size butter.
1: I want to see it now because I cook it with butter a lot and I always cut up the tablespoons. And I'm trying to imagine how I would do that on a different size. Because when it's like the long, Ooh. skinny butter, it's really easy.
0: Well, they got those little hash marks on, right. the, on the thing. I'm sure the hash mark. hopefully they have hash marks on the short and fat butters too. I hope
1: so. Otherwise, what would you do? Oh,
0: shut her down.
1: You can't bake.
0: All right. So, back to reality. I don't know. Sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. So I, I want to bring up something that I know you, as an independent woman, knows all too well, and that's shopping, right? You, <laughs> you grocery shop, correct?
1: Absolutely. Kind
0: of on a tight budget, right? On
1: a tight budget. So you're,
0: you're watching your your uh, budget.
1: I'm adding things up as I'm shopping,
0: right? So I wanted to talk about unit pricing. You know what that is?
1: I do. You taught me that.
0: Thank you very much. That is a very important tool that everybody needs to understand is there it's in plain sight i believe it's a legal thing that they have to have them on there but on a price tag usually in on a corner of it it, it'll tell you what the unit price of that item is if you were to buy it by the pound or by the each and the one example I, i like to show my customers when they come in they'll go over to the spice section you wouldn't believe how expensive spices are would you
1: they're so expensive they're,
0: they're very expensive like and if it might say like 329 or 429 for that bottle of cinnamon right but if you look at the unit price on that it's like 30 bucks a pound and that, this is just an example but it'll say 30 bucks a pound and then you you sit there and you imagine holy smokes what, what would a pound of cinnamon look like number one right and, and number two that's 30 bucks so that is why it's important um, and you'll see it in bulk. Like on bulk items, like bigger packages usually are a cheaper unit price. Right. But you got to be careful because sometimes they're not. An item might be on sale that's a smaller package, but that unit price might actually be better. So I know that's kind of confusing, but spend some time next time you're in the grocery store and look at the retail or the unit price up on that retail price tag. That's a very important tool.
1: Right. Because like the smaller pack could show $2, the bigger one, 3 um, and if it's something you use all the time, it's sometimes worth. You should invest in the three dollar one because it's so much cheaper. If you're going to use per it anyways, unit. Right? and if you're going to use it and be back buy, like buying it again, then it totally makes sense.
0: That initial sticker shock might get you, but long term, exactly. you're better off. And one other thing I, I wanted to talk about, and I know Liz and I are going to talk about it on a future podcast, so I don't want to get too deep into it. Okay. But private label, oh, store brand stuff has come a long way. Um, and usually, if you look at the unit price on that, it is significantly different than the comparable uh, premium brand or national brand. I guess is what they call it. So
1: I shop the generic brand all the time, and I really do. I never notice a difference, just that it's cheaper. Yeah, but the quality is still there. I heard it was like, um, not to get too deep. Yep, yep. But I heard that it was basically processed or made at the same place. Yeah. They just have to put a different label on it at the end. Well, I I, I don't th- know how true.
0: I have I've read my research that there is a slight ingredient difference. Okay. Just to be able to I guess from a legal perspective, they have to make it slightly different. Um, but who knows what that is. It could be a pinch more salt right. or
1: nothing. You know,
0: little little less MSG or something. A little
1: it, extra love.
0: Ooh. Gotta have some extra love. <laughs> so All right, well, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap that up. I want to thank you for uh, spending time with talking with me today and uh, coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, anytime, Meg. Hey, everybody.
1: Hey, everybody. Well, goodbye, everybody. Oh, yeah,
0: goodbye, everybody. We'll catch you on the flip side. (laughs) Peace. Hey, Retail Rangers, don't forget to check out walkerretailranger.com. Could be how you found this podcast, but there's an About Us uh, link on there that you can ask questions or submit some topics for future podcasts if you'd like. Um, I'm pretty new to this building a website thing. I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm a retail ranger, not an IT guy. Um, But so far, the analytics are showing that I'm pretty big in Belgium. Just saying. WalkerRetailRanger.com Thank you for listening to us and letting us be ourselves. We appreciate what you do to get stuff on the shelves. Stay safe out there. Do what you can to avoid any danger. Have fun, work hard, and be a retail ranger. You've been listening to Walker Retail Ranger.